of this podcast, and I do have a podcast also called the Independent Black American. Um, looking forward, I hope to to shed some light on that perspective because so many, so often, you know, especially among Black Americans, they either lean all in on the liberals and the democrats or they lean all in on the republicans and the conservatives and i respect a person's right to um to lean in any direction they choose but i also think there's room for independent thinkers who don't drink the kool-aid of either side but has a unique perspective and is able to call out both sides for their negligence uh, to the American people. I believe in the two-party system. I believe in the democracy and the right for those parties to hash it out and to, in some ways, oppose one another um, so that the best possible solution can be attained but I also believe that that requires discourse civil discourse amongst the American people and as we go forward in this life I am increasingly disturbed at this cancel culture which the left likes to deny and call accountability and the right bangs the drum on, excuse me, very loudly. And I see where that is a problem because in some cases it does seem to infringe on um, a person's right to speak uh, uh, and a freedom of speech and a freedom of thought and the flow of ideas based on people's feelings and emotions and sensitivity to opposing views. And I'm saying things you probably have heard before. Um, but these are nagging issues to me. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm inspired to podcast and to make a video and start a channel and share among like-minded people such as myself and people who don't agree with me um some of my unique takes on the news and lifestyles and just basically anything i feel like talking about and venting about at the time from my unique perspective I hope going forward that I am less nervous, more polished, and that my content is deserving of your subscription. Um, I look forward to a lively and, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, a lively exchange of ideas and discourse. And I look forward to hearing from people 
no matter your thoughts or your points of views. And um, once again, I want to welcome you to my channel and to my podcast. It's called The Independent Black American. Although I think I may change that title to just The Independent. I think the Black American is a little too much. The left is disillusioned with Papa Biden. What do you think of uh, Biden's presidency so far? Talk a little bit about that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally what we expected. Uh, at first, I was surprised because the original uh, the the original rhetoric that I saw from Democrats, including Chuck Schumer, was like wild they were like we're not repeating mistakes of the aca we're not repeating the 2008 mistakes of the obama uh like you know of the obama campaign uh these guys don't want to play ball with us it doesn't matter we're just gonna roll over them and and i love that I, I was like hell yeah that's great uh and then they and then we started seeing like little symbolic victories in the form of like executive actions like uh you know uh, going back to the one of the last things that Obama did, which was uh, stop using private prisons, the federal system, which does not make up the, the majority regardless. But then when I noticed that there was a carve out for ICE and immigration detention, it's like, oh, yep. no, that yep. was like the first time I was like, oh, no, this is bad. And people were yelling at me saying, like, dude, you're so unreasonable, like being ridiculous. And then uh, we started seeing the manufactured crisis of like uh, immigration uh, come up again. And, you know, the media was being as reactionary as they possibly could be, uh, even though, you know, uh, they were they were so woke when Trump was president. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and and, you know, trying to push Biden more to the right uh, on a lot of these issues. That wasn't good. And then what what really solidified that uh, this administration was not going to be uh, even uh, a subpar was uh, the the uh, fight for the $15 minimum wage. Broadly popular, as you already know, you know uh, one uh, is the ballot measure to increase uh, the minimum wage $15 in Florida won, and it was more popular than both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So obviously, like, even Republicans want this, um, and yet... Uh, they stopped fighting for it. They didn't want to change the Senate parliamentarian and, and totally said like, oh no, well, I guess rules are rules. Like this can't Ugh. be a part of the budget reconciliation. And that's when I was like, that's terrible. Even if you could not pass $15 minimum wage for one reason or the other, you should have tried to do it uh, all the way to the finish line. They brought it to the finish line and then claimed that this did not impact the deficit, uh, which is false. Like it's verifiably false very easily uh, disproven uh, and and went off the whims of the the um, Senate parliamentarian and said oh yeah we're we just can't we just can't add this onto the bill the real reason why they didn't want to do it I think was because they wanted to tape for the uh, Maggie Hassan the Kirsten cinemas and the and the Joe mansions on the Democratic side uh, I think that was the real reason they they knew that they were not going to get majority votes on that, and it was going to make them look bad. And 
that was, I think, the reason why uh, they didn't push for it. But it was still terrible. Like Kamala could have over uh, uh, over uh, wrote that. Uh, there were so many different things that they could have done, and they didn't do it. And that's when I realized, like, oh no, this is same old, same old, like business as usual. Well, and that was one of the hallmarks of the Obama era. And he still talks like this, as if um, politics is completely static. You can't possibly persuade or move anyone. So he's just like, well, I didn't have the votes. So I didn't even try. You know, we yeah. just, yeah, we couldn't get the Employee Free Choice Act. We couldn't do, we couldn't do a public option on health care. We just, we didn't have the votes. So there, there's no recognition that people can be moved, politicians can be moved, or at the very least, as you're pointing out, $15 minimum wage, really popular, passed overwhelmingly in Florida, a state that Trump obviously won by, you know, a pretty significant margin. So at the very least, if you are making yourself very publicly on the side of something that is incredibly popular, then maybe you're able to win an election and put some other politicians in office who are going to back you up on those priorities that are supported by the American people. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm convinced Democrats want to lose because, like, like, there are better ways of, of at least shaping the narrative that, like, Republicans are demons. They only care about making positive change. Why are you centering the conversation around Joe Manchin? Like, tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Threaten him with, like, committee removals, right? And and then reshift your effort, even if you know it's going to be a losing battle, ultimately. Refocus your efforts on the Republican Party and how they are obstructionist and how they don't want you to get $15 minimum wage. Like, Trump's populism was, whether you like to admit it or not, very successful. And it literally changed, I think, a lot of these Republican hogs' minds on, on social safety nets. Uh, or rather, it didn't change their minds, but um, they were already pretty positive on social safety nets. And they just, uh, they, it was impossible to avoid in the media, that narrative. And yet we still somehow find our way to do it. Like Joe Manchin saying he doesn't want $15 minimum wage in Virginia is ridiculous when like the majority, the overwhelming majority of his constituents want it. So who are you working for? Well, we know who he's working for. Yeah. Fucking billionaires. But you yeah. know, you, um, you made a great point that I never thought of, which is they, um, if they're not going to do the policy, at the very least, they could just, like, message a lot better and talk about the stuff as if they're really for it to actually get people to think they're really for it and then blame the Republicans. But you're right. They're not even doing that. And the grossest trick that I've seen is the media trick where they, they try to describe Joe as, like, the new FDR, and they try to, like, <laughs> pat the left on the back as if, like, you guys have real influence now. And then we just get none of the things that would make him the new FDR and would make it so the left has influence. And that's, like, super disingenuous to me. And it's so sad that, like, people get this totally, you know, incorrect picture of what's actually happening. Yeah, no, it's John McElwee and, like, maybe the Pod Johns. They, they're the ones who have, like, they're the ones who are, like, marginally, incrementally, maybe, if at, if at all, like, a little bit more progressive than the average Rust Belt uh, psychopathic vampire consultant you know so. <laughs> that was a podcast um uh breaking point on youtube and it was hassan piker to crystal ball and it was called biden's presidency is dog shit and that's coming from the left if anyone knows about 
breaking point, um, we know that that is, um, I mean, you know, they're very balanced. They have a very balanced media there on breaking points. You have um, Sagar and Crystal, and Crystal is decidedly on the left, and Sagar is um, a Republican or um, he leans conservative. But um, I say he would be more of a, a centrist as opposed to a full out and complete um, conservative. And um, I thought this was a particularly interesting um, uh, podcast that I wanted to share with you. It's, it's just a clip, really. And again, I want to give a shout out to them for posting this. Um, again, check it out for yourself. But um, this is what is going on in the political arena right now. No one, including people on the left, no one is buying this nonsense that well, what the what the mainstream media is selling us about Biden. Biden never said that he was going to actually come and change things. What they wanted, what the left wanted, what they all wanted was things to be back the way they were. The neocons wanted things the way they were. They wanted to continue in their wars. They wanted to continue in their power struggles. They wanted things to be the same, power to be in the hands of the neocons. They don't want change. And Biden, 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 our dear old dementia president Biden is the person who is standing guard against uh, the change and the wave of change that is coming on. They see this. They see this. They see what is happening right now. They see there's a tide of changing, a tide of turning. All things are, are turning for change. And they don't want it. The neocons really don't want it. And now the left is waking up to the idea that there is no real change going to happen under Biden. I don't even really think that the conservatives have anything to be afraid of. Because Biden isn't changing anything. He is status quo. He is the old guard. He is the old idea. The old neocons idea of what it means to be a politician in the United States of America. Bow to the neocons. Do what they say. Also, you know, um, you know, they had to get Trump their his props. Like he was making a change. He was making a change. He wasn't entirely in all and completely um uh, uber conservative. And personally, for myself, uh, who happens to be a centrist and an independent, I'm all for that. Because not either, neither side of these people are completely right about any of the solutions to the problems that we face. However, I appreciated that Trump was willing to offer solutions, any kind of solutions, outside of the Beltway instead of the stagnancy that Washington has delivered to us, presidency after presidency after presidency. And frankly, 
the majority of the American people were sick of it. We were sick of it. We were sick of pretty words and pretty uh, words wrapped in pretty ribbons and, you know, uh, highfalutin mumbo jumbo about, you know, coming together and about the economy and about this and about that. We really wanted to see someone take action. And Donald Trump was willing to take that action. But you see now that the left is very disillusioned with our dear old guy, Biden, because Biden is an old man with old stances and old ways. And he has no intention of bringing anything to anybody except the status quo to keep us in the same old things over and over again, delivering high plateaus, the plateaus where the, what is it, Hillary said, the, the skies open up and the angels sing, but nothing, the manner never falls from on high. And the left is beginning to be disillusioned because the mainstream media is trying to sell us on this idea that Biden is the great change agent. He's coming in with the soap on the social justice horse and he's going to ride that horse and he's going to trample over all of us people who don't want change. But he ain't doing any of that. He's on a mule, honey. He's on a mule and he's stumbling across very slowly. He's, uh, he's not even fighting the windmills. I don't know what he's doing. He's talking to make-believe people over on the other side of the world. Whatever. But I just wanted to share that with you because people really believe that he is coming in as this great white knight to save America from this disaster. And he ain't doing none of that. He ain't doing it. He ain't doing it. And for you people who have a problem with the word ain't, well, he is not doing it. He's not going to do it. I think he made it very clear that he has no intentions of changing things. He's just interested in bringing things back to where they were, the economy back to where it was, social justice. He wants them to be quiet because he's not changing anything with that. And he's not going to save the day. It is just politics as usual.